Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show, a proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. Reminder, if you use code TRIPLEPLAY22, you'll get all the great, you'll get access to all the great tools over at FantasyPoints.com. 10% off with our code, but what do you get when you go over there? Well, just this week, you can check out Graham Barfield's Best Ball Tiers, which were just released for all the positions. They will also be releasing their franchise focus series that begins on Friday, which is June 24th. It's going to be a ton of great content in there. It's going to be 32 days, 32 articles, 32 podcasts, tons of amazing content that I could just spend the entire podcast telling you guys about. Uh, so I won't do that, but I, I promise you it's amazing stuff. Not we just need that. to talk about best ball because you just draft. Are you interrupting me in the middle of this, Doc? Yes. Stop. Yes. Tom I didn't Broly. even hear David give the code yet. I, <laughs> Tom Broly's betting preview is also going up. If you like college football and that's more your thing, college football package is live and it covers Devi DFS betting and CFF leagues. And Debbie League's pre-draft primer show with Wes Huber is already on the YouTube channel. You can check that out. More stuff is even coming over the next few weeks, guys, that I'm not allowed to tell you yet. So just please make sure you go head over to Fantasy Points and FantasyPoints.com for all the great stuff over there. D. Mendy here, back with you guys for another episode. We're continuing our division series here, joined by the whole crew this week, Johnny, Brad, and Doc. Johnny, welcome back to the show. Uh, your presence was <laughs> missed last week. Are you feeling I, rearing to go? I, I don't want to point fingers, but my computer was working at the normal start time, and we pushed it back, and then it had to update mm. itself, which is where it ran into some issues. I just got to say. Feels like a low-key diss to me. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not pointing fingers, but you know, I'm just laying out facts. You guys are getting a peek behind the curtain of our group chat and all that went down last week, but uh, it's all good. We, You guys know we always carry the torch here for anybody that can't make it but when we have all four of us it's even better brad and doc you guys are also here you guys ready to talk some afc south yeah absolutely i, I, I was going to interrupt you by just saying the beauty of best ball is you just draft and you forget about it did you and actually say the promo code dave i, did. I don't know if he did i don't think, I don't he, think he did that, says that every week but i do say it in the i don't beginning. think you did this time I you think. didn't I did. Time. say the promo yeah. code dave you will listen to it back, but I will say it again for those that did not hear me the first time. It's Triple Play 22, and that will give Ooh. you a 10% discount to all the stuff over it's at Fantasy. Oh, because it's 2022. Okay. That's right. And uh, they change the code up every year, so that way people don't just assume it's the same code every year. So they're very smart people or smarter than I am. So without further ado, let's get into why we're here today. Let's talk about the AFC South and our preview for, of course, fantasy-wise what we think about this division, we'll talk about rookies and their fantasy impact potentially this year, but also just fantasy relevant players from every one of these four teams. I'd like to kick things off with the Jacksonville Jaguars here, Brad. They just mm. obviously had a high pick in this year's draft, the number one pick, and they had a bunch of draft picks. Is there anybody fantasy relevant from this draft that we should know about? Honestly, no. Uh, the 
the Jags did most of their their damage and uh, free agency for people that are actually going to be relevant to fantasy. But um, Snoop Connor is probably the only interesting rookie for fantasy purposes, and he's only interesting for dynasty, not redraft. Uh, Snoop was drafted in the fifth round of this year's draft. He's 5'10", 220 pounds out of Ole Miss. Um, he's not exceptionally fast. He runs a 4'640", which is 50th percentile in his class. He doesn't have exceptional bursts, but he does have a lot of power. Um, he bench-pressed the 225 25 times at the combine, which is 86th percentile for his position. You know, we talked to that University of Minnesota assistant coach in the um, running back room there. Andy and he's talking about how, yeah, exactly. And he talked about how, you know, broken tackles is a big metric and they, they look at that for their running back projections. And, you know, he's definitely got that potential to break a lot of tackles in the league. Um, he's currently fourth on the depth chart, but James Robinson's going to miss time rehabbing his injury. And if he beats out Raquel Armstead, he's got the lane for the second string. So he had 13 touchdowns last year at Ole Miss, and he could be a great source for goal line carries. So he's worthy of a late-round dynasty stash, but I wouldn't worry about him for a redraft. Raquel Armstead, a former Bradshaw Domus favorite. Uh, now you're dumping him to the curb here. He's officially, are you out on him completely, Brad? You got you to gotta strike while the iron's hot. He didn't strike, so I'm pretty much out on him. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's talk about the Houston Texans, Doc, and any rookies that they brought in. There's a couple, I think, that we should be able to talk about here. Yeah, so first rookie is John Mechie, and we all know him from the torn ACL and SEC championship game. And I think they took him as an investment. I mean, let's be real. The Texans aren't going to be contending this year. I think trading away Deshaun Watson for the Hall of Picks is kind of karma for what they traded it for, Laramie Tunsil. But they're hoping that Mechie can be their wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver one in the future. He's a good route runner, a good catch radius. Uh, I think they ease him in this year. The second was they took Damian Pierce in the fourth round. And once again, I think that's the future running back for them. Marlon Mack is on a cheap one-year deal. Rex Burkhead's going to be 32 by the time the season starts. And he had 329 career carries in college. Now, just to put that in context, Jonathan Taylor had 320 carries his junior year alone. So someone that's been used sparingly. And then the last is Tegan Quintantano, um, tight end out of Oregon State. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> He's uh wow, what a I, 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 I think they kicked I think they they tried him out. You know, anytime they say that somebody's a former basketball player, I feel like that shoots up their stock a little bit. But he's 6'5", 258, <laughs> good size. Jordan Akins is gone. He's a blocker. So that, that might be somebody we do for obscure tight end touchdown of the week, but I don't think fantasy relevant. That's fair. <laughs> now, let me ask you guys, do you find his lack of touches in college concerning? Because, hey, why has he not gotten more work in college? Or do you find it more appealing in the sense that there's not as much wear and tear on his tires, especially the physicality that, that, that Damian Pierce has if you look at his runs? He's like a Marshawn Lynch ferocious type of runner. So what do I'm you guys? I'm surprised Eric, scared of injuries, Mendelssohn didn't put that as a plus instead of a minus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's interesting. I mean, not, not for players this young though. <laughs> he, they said there was a notification from Sleeper today that said they would not be shocked to see him be the lead back by the end of the season. There were many that thought he could be the lead back by week one. So that report kind of, I was like, okay, that more is kind of getting me away from what I thought. Do you guys think there's any chance he could be the lead back maybe by week four, by the first month of the season, end of the first month? 
I mean, there's precedent. Like you look at Antonio Gibson, he was pretty much, you know, kind of seldom used as like a gadget player in, in Memphis and now he's the lead back for Washington. So, you know, it's possible. I mean, with Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack ahead of you, it's definitely not like a, a daunting task for him to be able to get to the top of the depth chart yeah, there. Talent-wise, he should be at the top. But like I said, I wonder if they're kind of kicking the tires on this year, accepting that they'll have a low draft pick in addition to the Browns pick, especially if Deshaun Watson doesn't play. And We say know, that about teams, but I never actually see teams do that. Yeah, I feel like a team is tanking when you hire Lovey Smith as a head coach at this point. I mean, they I, also, uh, I think, want to see what they have in Davis Mills, too. Davis Mills is a beast. I'm, I I think he's got a he's got potential to be a franchise cornerstone. He's a great QB two target for people that are in yeah. uh, super flex leagues. He's a really undervalued QB two target right now. So definitely look at him in those leagues, especially uh, Johnny. Let's talk about the Tennessee Titans, and they're undergoing a lot of turnover now with uh, losing AJ <laughs> Brown and bringing in a new number one wide receiver per se. Here, um, why don't you tell us about their rookie draft class? Yeah, I mean, you brought it up, you know, Trey Burks. I was extremely high on him when he got drafted because it just seemed like a perfect fit. You know, he could just seamlessly fit into A.J. Brown's role physically. But as of late, you know, I'm a little worried about him. He's not had the best camp. He's missed two weeks because of asthma, which was news to me. Maybe it's not news to the Titans. I'm sure they did their due diligence, but it's a little bit worrying. And and now there's talk that he's not even going to be wide receiver two on the team. So I really think at this point, um, overall for the season, he's really likely to be more of a flex play than, you know, someone who you slot in as your wide receiver one or two every week. But that can change at the end of the year as he gets more comfortable and, you know, maybe the seasons change and his asthma is less impactful as it gets, you know, less pollen, less hot and stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's something that came ball. out of nowhere. Did, that came wait, out did, of nowhere. Wait, did, did you uh, see somebody quote tweeted and I wish I could give them credit that report about Traylon Burks, the same thing came out like three years ago about AJ Brown, that he was going to be third string wide receiver. Well, I, well that, and that's the flip side too. Cause I mean, we all remember the, the Justin Jefferson is dropping everything and, and that was Jamar Chase, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Or Jamar Chase. Yeah. yeah. Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. We, we all remember that. So it is, you know, off season talk, but the fact that he's missed two weeks from a, a health issue is worrying from the health issue perspective and the not getting reps with Ryan Hill perspective. You do have to play to get better. I think that's a fair thing. At least, you know, yeah. with Jamar Chase, he was playing. That's right. Exactly. And, and as, you know, you see reports coming out like Austin Hooper today is becoming a favorite target of Ryan Tannehill, which it's like, hey, if he's getting acclimated to other guys and he's starting to trust them, that's definitely going to hurt Traylon Burks there. But a lot more time in the offseason to be able to examine what his impact could be. Uh, for the, As far as the Colts go, there's a couple players that intrigue me with the Colts. The one that most people are going to be talking about is going to be um, Alec Pierce who was the wide receiver out of Cincinnati, taking the pick before Sky Moore, luckily. I was very happy that Sky Moore <laughs> fell one more pick here. But God, I wish I was on last week so I could go off on Sky Moore. <laughs> you missed it. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, but Alec Pierce definitely fits in a position of need. The Colts were going into the season with pretty much Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell. That's their one and two. So he can step in right now as the number two wide receiver opposite Michael Pittman. Pierce is six foot three, so he's going to be a great red zone target. People kind of compare him to Jordy Nelson, just 
I think I I think more the fact that they're not just both white receivers, but they're both big guys that are red zone targets and make good sideline. Jordy Nelson wasn't big. I think they think they he were both around like six two, six three. I'll have to yeah. look that up. Um, but he had fifty two catches, eight hundred eighty four yards, and eight touchdowns last season. And to be able to say he's going to step in as the number two of this offense pretty quickly in an offense with like the Colts that are going to be able to set up a lot of great things off of play action. I'm intrigued with Alec Pierce, and I think he could be a really good guy you could get probably towards the end of your fantasy drafts and could end up being like a low-end flex play, I think, for like a 12-team league this year in redraft. Obviously, in Dynasty, he's going to be a top-two-round pick. But Alec Pierce, are you guys as impressed with what I've seen from him? He looks makes a lot of athletic catches. Seems like he's going to get a lot of volume in his first season. Clearly not. He's so good. He's made you think Jordy Nelson was really good. That was Jordy Nelson was really good. <laughs> Although, wait, how tall do you think Jordy Nelson is? I looked it up. He's six three. I, no, I was I right. He's, yes, he's six three. Yeah, they might. <laughs> oh goodness, you got to just listen to me on the first time. I'm always right with that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he'll be a great great uh, guy for the Colts this year. Let's talk about the actual just regular fantasy relevant players that aren't rookies on each team. Going back to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Brad, you made a video earlier this offseason on some Jags franchise pieces and what your thoughts were them going forward. What do you think about the fantasy relevant guys on this team? Yeah, you know, I, I was really impressed. They added a lot of speed. I think that's a good idea for their young quarterback. You know, I, I'll start a wide receiver. Uh, with Chris, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. They're both let's as starting wide receivers along with Marvin Jones, and I think that's how things will play out. Christian Kirk, at 25 years old, signed a huge deal, $37 million guaranteed, 18 mil a year. He's known for his speed. He runs a sub-4.5 and had just under 1,000 yards last year with Kyler Murray as the third and maybe fourth target. Um, and now he's going to be the first or second with Trevor Lawrence, who's undoubtedly going to be much better with an, uh, an improved O-line and improved weapons. Um, Kirk's projected as the wide receiver 45 this year, and I think that may be low. It's just above Garrett Wilson and Russell Gage in Tampa. Um, I don't think he'll win you a league, but he's somebody you can expect to have, you know, a solid floor each and every week. Um, Zay Jones, he's currently wide receiver 99. I think that's super low. That's bye, be bye, value. bye. <laughs> you know, Johnny can attest to Zay's potential. He was over there at, at Oakland for a long time. Um, he's also a sub 4-5 guy. Huge catch radius, elite agility, burst. Um, he's 6'2". He makes very tough catches. He was a second-round draft pick. He had the second-best season of his career last year with Derek Carr. Um, his numbers weren't eye-popping. You know, he only had 550 yards and a touchdown, but it was the 70 targets that caught my eye. Um, I think we can expect an increased target share and volume for Jones this year as he's going to be there, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. And possibly something closest to like his second year in the league when he had 102 yards and uh, 102 targets and seven touchdowns. So I think wide receiver 99 is is really low for him. Um, and then the last of the free agents I want to touch on is Evan Ingram. Uh, he's an athletic freak. I expect him to break out every single year, and it just doesn't happen. Uh, yes, usually due yes. to injuries. He ran a 4.42 40 in college, um, which was obviously 100th percentile in his position. Um, he was 91st percentile in agility, 93rd in strength. He went in the first round of the draft, but you know he really hasn't had the magical year that his profile says he could. Um, his rookie year was his best year. Uh, since then, he hasn't had more than 75 targets. Uh, only only once he did in 2020 with 109, but 
He's just been a guy that he's got all the talent and he just never breaks out. He's currently ranked the T24 with an ADP of 170. And I think that is perfect. Like if I can get him in the last round of the draft or in the waiver wire, even like that's, I'm going to be ecstatic to have him as my backup tight end. Um, The only other two assets I haven't touched on Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is the QB 19, which I think is low, but it's probably about right. Um, I don't really know what to expect from Trevor Lawrence this year. I know he's going to be a lot better. He's got a better line. He's got better weapons, a lot of speed. Doesn't have to deal with Urban Meyer. I think we're going to have a lot of a lot of good things to look for out of Trevor Lawrence just from his college career. Um, and I, I think his second year is going to be better as he learned a lot from his failures last year. And then Travis Etienne, I'm incredibly high on him. Um, I think he can. He's got potential upside to RB one, but I think he's definitely going to be an RB two this year. I'm not going to go into into depth for him because I've got a video coming out later that we can plug. But uh, I definitely like what the Jags are doing. I think they're going to be really improved. I, I saw Dominique Foxworthy on ESPN say that um, if he had to guess this year's Cincinnati Bengals, he would guess the Jags. Like of any bad team. Mm-hmm to go turn around and make the Super Bowl, it will be the Jags. And I, I think that's that's pretty spot on. I don't think it'll happen, obviously, but the Jags got a lot better this year. They don't also have Urban Meyer there, which is a, a big deal. They'll be able to actually get better and, and be able to have an effective offensive system. They'll just be grinded on the field instead of at the bar. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I like ETN too, and I'm going to save all the talk for your video because, again, I'm sure I'll have everything I'm going to say about him. Uh, but yeah, the Jags look like they're a team on the rise here. And Christian Kirk, I think, like you said, Brad's a little undervalued right now. And yeah. should, I think should be a day one flex play with probably Absolutely. the amount of targets he's going to get. Absolutely. Eric, let's talk about the Texans and their skill players, including one of the probably the most like underappreciated guys in fantasy, if not number one in Brandon Cooks, but the rest of the Texans as well. I feel like that's the first time you've called me Eric on this show instead of Doc or another name. <laughs> Don, uh, go ahead. Yeah, just, I mean, getting the running backs out of the way. Marlon Mack went 28 for 101 last year. You're not starting him. You're probably not drafting him unless it's a late-round pick. Same with Rex Burkhead. I don't think the running back position is very valuable for the Texans outside super deep leagues. But I will start with Davis Mills. And you mentioned a great QB, too, and someone that you're looking to target in Superflex. So I looked this up. He's the only rookie QB to pass for 300 yards and three touchdowns in a game against the Bill Belichick defense. And think about like, he's played some really good rookie QBs. He shot out Justin Herbert, his rookie season, um, Russell Wilson threw for 300 yards, which was the only other guy to, but not three touchdowns. So I think that shows the upside that he has. I know it's just one game. It's 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions for the season. But if you take out that awful game against Buffalo, where he went 11 for 21 with four interceptions at the bills, is actually pretty decent. Only one multi-interception game, five multi-touchdown games, three games with a QBR above 70. And the last four games of the season, the Texans put up 30, 41, 7, and 25. I do think that they'll be slightly better, but they'll probably be playing from behind most games, which is a favorable game script for Davis Mills. So I, I like him as a late-round target. And David, you're right. Brandon Cooks is underappreciated, but this is it. This feels like the year that he's getting appreciated, probably the right amount. So on Fantasy Pros, he's wide receiver 22 at ADP 57. And if we look at his 2021 season, he was 13th in targets, and he did miss a game. 
and he has a thousand plus yards in six out of his seven seasons since his rookie year. But I'm a little bit trepidatious this year for a couple of reasons. Nice One, nice <laughs> trepidatious. There Get we Eric go. for the spelling bee right now. Yeah, there we go. He's had five documented concussions in his career. Those are documented ones. So if he does get a concussion, which in football you can say probably happens more than any sport, I think that's a multi-game absence right there. And you don't – I mean, John was talking about the injury risk. I don't like baking that into ADP. And you just worry about, once again, if something like that does happen, he takes a hit. Or even if the concussion isn't documented and he starts having symptoms – they're probably going to be precautious with him. So that's my first fear. And the second is the touchdowns are going to be capped. He's never had double-digit touchdowns in his career. The highest he's had is nine once. Most of the time he floats in that five to six range. And his touchdown distance last year, he had six of them. Eight, 22, 43, 40, 45, and two. So I think of it like you could say, yes, he has that explosive upside, but I think that's very tough to predict year to year. And him being 5'10", I don't think he's going to be that red zone target that you expect other wide receiver, low-end wide receiver ones, high-end wide receiver twos to be, which is what he's rated at this year. Uh, a couple things. The First, the running back position, Damian Pierce, I think is very much worth a pick in any league that you're in just because he could be the number one running back for this Agreed. Team. So I, I do think he's worth a, a definitely a late dart throw in any league that you're in that's redraft. As far as Brandon Cooks goes, let me throw out some names and you guys tell me who you would rather draft Brandon cooks or Terry McLaurin is McLaurin on the commanders. Yes. Cooks McLaurin. McLaurin. Brandon cooks or DK Metcalf. Metcalf. Probably Metcalf. Yeah. What about Brandon cooks or Amari Pooper? De- with with all Watson's gonna have to deal with definitely Cooks, Cooks. So those are the receivers that are right ranked right around him. He's wide receiver seventeen on according to Fantasy Pros ECR, which is expert consensus rankings. And the three I just read were the ones that go right after him. So I, yeah. I do think he's kind of fairly valued here. I just think uh, like he in fantasy drafts, a lot of times people don't talk about him or, or maybe he gets bumped down a couple rounds and maybe the concussion stuff is what are in people's minds doc. And, or maybe just other people see that he's plays for the Texans and they're just don't think there's much there. Doc, who are the other wide receivers on the roster? The other so there's, two? there's Nico Collins, big second year receiver, I think is going to yeah. do well this John, year. John Mechie, Philip Dorsett, Chris Conley, Chris is Mechie going to be ready. They yeah. said there's a chance that he starts the year on the pup list, okay. um, but they haven't confirmed yet. And so to it's be, really going to be like Cooks is the only the Cooks is the only name. I saw Collins came on late last year, but in terms of like consistency, Cooks is the only guy. I mean, Collins had 33 for 446 and one touchdown. And by the way, the talent is there for Braden Cooks. It's more of the concussions that are really scaring me away. Like Eric, I'm scared of injuries, Mendelssohn. <laughs> But that's, yeah. that is a fair injury to be scared of because he all it takes is one and then you're shut down. And and I'm not trying to say I'm I'm victoring lap victory lap when someone gets injured, but it's like it's it's something that you have to think about, like especially in a physical sport like football, it's, you can't just bypass that. 
I, I have a lot of data on Nico Collins because I just published an article on Fantasy Pros about him, but just because of time purposes, we're going to move on to the Tennessee Titans and all their players, Johnny. Again, it's it's some of the same and then some different, so who should we talk about? Yeah, I mean, uh, Henry, you're either going to be with him or you're going to be scared of his injury uh, from last season. I personally think he hasn't shown himself to be injury prone. This is sort of a, it's almost better form, rest his body a little bit situation. But uh, I, I think he's going to put up Derrick Henry numbers. Uh, Robert Woods, he's also coming off an injury, uh, ironically. Um, but I do think he's going to get a lot of targets just by necessity. Uh, it's really just him and Austin Hooper, who also figures you get a lot of targets uh, because outside of, you know, Hooper, Woods, and Burks, it's really a grab bag of like, wait, who's that kind of receivers in Tennessee? And I think that leads to, you know, a big three with Burks really is a big question mark, depending on the rapport you can get with Tannehill, who I think is going to have a terrible year this year. I mean, he's lost his best target. His best, his new best target is coming off an ACL injury, his new receiver to him, Austin Hooper, new receiver to him, Trey Burks, new receiver to him, who can't seem to get to practice. Uh, he came off his worst season last year since he was a Dolphin, and that's really not something you want to hear uh, if you want to buy into Tannehill. Let me ask you guys, is Robert Woods a value at wide receiver 43 off I the board? So. Not 43, yeah. But he's just going to be the only guy. It's Burks 41, Robert Woods 43. You could have the number one receiver for the Titans, which, again, maybe it's not – sexy but he I, could be a really good flex option for you with the amount of target volume he could get on this eric team. will tell you he's gets one one or two end arounds <laughs> <laughs> yeah my thing with robert woods is like i think of him as a downfield threat and Tannehill is not a downfield quarterback so i just don't know like i know he's the best receiver on the roster but i don't know that he's gonna have the route tree that's going to benefit him for fantasy football. Do you guys like Traylon Burks at 41 or Robert Woods at 43 better? Burks for sure. Woods. It's Burks for me. So two to one. I I think if Burks, if like, if as long as there's no injury questions, I think I would go Burks. Let me ask you this, Johnny. What week do we see Malik Willis? Mm, If at all. We don't. I don't think you do. Yeah. Cause but on the on the back of Derrick Henry, they're going to be competing for a playoff spot for the entire season. And unless they get out of playoff contention, there's no no reason to put Willis in. It doesn't seem like well, they truly... He's got, the, he's got the extra element of he can run. He may the, be in gadget plays, but the, it's, it's, he's not going to be the starter until next year or they're out yeah. of the, contention. The, one of my favorite bets is the Titans to miss playoffs at plus money. Oh, if we had a betting show, that would be one that could get thrown in there. But Doc's throwing those tidbits out for you guys that are listening in our DGENs. So uh, you can add that into <laughs> to your potential bets for this year. As far as the Colts go, you had Matt Ryan, who was QB 20 last year. Still a you know, good 67% completion percentage, almost 4,000 yards. Was sacked 40 times, which was one of the tops in the NFL. 20 touchdown passes. I do think we could see a resurgence this year because he actually has some decent weapons on this team. Jonathan Taylor is going to demand so much attention in the run game that I think Matt Ryan is going to be able to have 
easier time getting the ball downfield with, you know, the defense being sucked in, but also the, the offensive line of the Colts is a big upgrade from the offensive line in Atlanta. And I think Matt Ryan is actually, when he give him time, I think he's actually still a very good quarterback compared to what I think a lot of people think of him. So I would not be shocked to see him be like uh, the QB 11 or QB 12 this year, like as like his ceiling, I think. And uh, I think many people are vowing him as like a kind of a mid to low end QB two. So I do think Matt Ryan is a sneaky QB two option for you this year. And if Carson Wentz can have great weeks, then so can Matt Ryan. So I do like him. Jonathan Taylor. Do we need to talk about Jonathan Taylor? Does anybody have him not as the RB one this year? I have Derrick Henry RB one. I have injury concerns because of the amount of carries he takes. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, I think, is they are scared off of him because of the injuries. Derrick Henry, people maybe he's coming back from the injury and they don't know what it is. We'll talk about our running back rankings on a future show. What about Austin Eckler, David? He's he's a top five. Yeah, you got to you got to pump up your guy. I, I'll do it at the end of the show. Long of the show. Um. But I think he's still my RB1 for right now, just with the volume he's going to get. I do think Naheem Hines eats into his passing game work a little bit more this year. Uh, he's going to be, I think, a, a kind of a pest to anybody that, that rosters Jonathan Taylor. So he'll have his three or four great games where you wish you rostered him in DFS. But I think Taylor should be a, a bell cow otherwise. At the wide receiver position, Michael Pittman, I think this is the year he breaks out as a legitimate like breakout in year three. Uh, he's an alpha wide receiver. I think as, as much as you can have one on a team right now, he was third in routes run per drop back at 96%. That's only behind Cooper Cub and Jamar chase last year, fourth in contested catches eighth in target share from weeks 13 through 18 at 31%. So you saw how much they were kind of getting trying to get him the ball at the end of the year. He had 88 catches for over a thousand yards last year. Overall in the season, uh, over 25% target percentage. But what I really am kind of intrigued on here is the Colts ranked 29th in pass play rate and 27th in pass attempts last year. I do think part of that was because they had Carson Wentz. Yeah. And I think with a Matt Ryan there, they're going to actually... <laughs> what is that? A lot of that was because they had Carson Wentz. Yes. And um, now he plays for Brad. Future. Future. Yeah. Future um, division winner Carson Wentz that's in right. that division. <laughs> I, I mean, if you saw the numbers he had, and that's them basically almost last in all those passing categories, that pretty much can only go up at this point. So I think there's another level to Michael Pittman that we haven't seen yet. And I think he's a chance to be a top 12 wide receiver this year. Like I legit think he could be a back end wide receiver one, and I would not be shocked. Um, and, and as far as we talked about Alec Pierce, as the potential number two, I think he's the only other wide receiver I would consider. And then the tight end I didn't touch on, which I, I meant to touch on in the rookie talk, is Jelani Woods, who is basically going to be stepping into the Jack Doyle thing because you have Mo Ali Cox, I think, is going to stay in the Mo Ali Cox role. Jelani Woods could be the best tight end on this team by the end of the year. He's a very sneaky player. They drafted him, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, into the third round yeah he was the third round pick number 73 overall he's six foot seven so he's a big target just like mo ali cox is and i do think he's somebody that i think is more talented than mo ali cox and he could be someone i wouldn't be shocked to see him catch like eight touchdowns this year and be like a, a top you know 15 tight end just because of how many touchdowns he gets in the red zone so 
those would be the players on the Colts I would look at. And happy trails to Gronk, by the way. Retired today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we yeah. think he comes back? Yes. Maybe next year. I, I saw Tom Brady like already. Tom Brady already put a picture of him, like of this, of a guy holding a phone, calling somebody. <laughs> so I think if the Bucks are like close to the postseason, I think he'll come back. So yeah, we'll it took him on. a while to get into shape last year, though. It did. It did. He's. I mean, maybe at the very least, he's a just a red zone target. Like they use him in like red zone packages or something. But I bet he's like really, his body's got to be really hurting. He's always been dinged up. I, I'm not mistaken. I think he's about the same age as Pelsey. He is, but he's way more hurt. Yeah. Cause he's playing so many more games. Yeah. But uh, guys, anything else you want to plug yeah, people here? People forget that like Patriots players who are on those teams get like extra seasons worth of games just mm-hmm. from the playoffs. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, you could potentially play in four more games, which is a quarter Every of an season. NFL season. Yeah. So it's a lot, especially year after year. Um, guys, anything you guys want to plug? We're, we're kind of getting ready to wrap up here. I think we covered the AFC South pretty well. Uh, we hit all of these gentlemen and their teams here. So let's go ahead and go around. Anything you want to plug before we close out shop here? The yeah. same thing I plug every night, the power hour, but go on to Brad. <laughs> Definitely watch those power hours. Watch our movie minutes as well. Um, you can catch me doing articles for NBA and NFL on Fantrax HQ. And I'm also dropping videos on our YouTube channel as well, Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel. Make sure to check that out. For sure. Always great content. And your the music you play during every video always gets me really pumped up. I don't know what song <laughs> it is, but every time it's I... It's called royalty-free music, buddy. <laughs> it's the same song every time though every time so i love it i love it uh doc what about you Nah, man i don't have anything go ahead and you plug <laughs> uh check twitter obviously dmendio2 obviously doing this every week the baseball show every week and the call up the minor league baseball show three podcasts a week for me and then if tune in this thursday uh i don't know if it'll be live or not yet we're gonna figure that out but at some point this week, you will see me chatting with Austin Eckler coming back onto the podcast. And we're going to talk a little bit about last season, fantasy football. Are you guys, guys going to do a pull-up competition? I have to get a pull-up bar in you my house. You know it's going to be self-involved, Johnny. Uh, I have, have to do something. We'll have to, we'll have to figure it out. Uh, but for Johnny, for Brad, for Doc, I'm D. Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck, and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys next week.